And I just pray that our hearts would be sensitive. Our minds would be alert. God, I pray somehow soften every hardened heart. Close every voice of every adversary would speak into the minds to bring confusion. Let us hear your word today. Touch us. Oh God, help us to see and understand that you, you are the only true source of happiness. Everything else fades away. But when our world has crumbled and everything that we put our trust in has fled away, if we have your hand in our life, we can stand. Touch us today, God. Bring the revelation into our hearts and spirits how much we really need you. We need you. We need your touch. We need your anointing. We need the hand of God upon our lives. We need to feel the arms of the Lord wrap around us when all else has failed. We know that we rest securely in your hand. We ask it in the wonderful, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just tell him, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I'm going to be reading from the book of Exodus chapter 12 verses 31 and 32. Forgive us for not having the big screens up. Um, our HDMI to composite converter uh, went out. So we'll get one of those this week and have those screens back up and running for you, uh, hopefully by either Wednesday, no later than uh, Sunday. So you either have to have brought a Bible or a phone that has a Bible, or you got to stand close to someone that has access to either, or you just have to believe I'm actually going to read to you from the Word. I, I do want to say from the offset that the message today um, well potentially a little heavy we'll put it that way but it is from the Lord God has dealt with me concerning this when he calls me to see this in the reading of his word and I believe that he has come to speak today to all of us but most certainly in particular to some of us who will find themselves here and one thing I can guarantee you is no matter how hard or heavy the word may be, it is always for your embitterment. When the word's finished with you, you will always be better than you were before the word found you. That I can promise you. Book of Exodus chapter 12, verse number 31 and Pharaoh called for Moses, and he called for Moses, the he there being Pharaoh. 
called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go, leave, get out, and go and serve the Lord, as ye have said, and of course, you would have to back up and read the previous three or four chapters to see everything that had already happened in the land of Egypt. All the plagues that had came. Moses and Aaron standing before Pharaoh saying, God has said, let my people go. And Pharaoh hardening in his heart and the Lord constantly doing other plagues until finally we are here wherein the firstborn of every home, the firstborn of every cattle, the firstborn of everything that took breath had died. Even Pharaoh's firstborn had died. And so the great cry went out. The Bible says Pharaoh was awakened. He finds his own dead son. He comes, sits upon his throne. He's despondent and he's in despair. And he calls for Moses and Aaron. Get the children of Israel and leave. Verse 32. Also, take your flocks, your herds, as ye have said, and be gone. But then he says something that just is the oddest thing. He looks at Moses and says, but before you leave, will you bless me? Will you let your God touch me? Because obviously, the only one that can help us is your God. My Lord, have mercy. I want to talk to us today just for a few minutes on this subject, the cry. To be blessed. And that every person that is in this building. Whether you know God or don't know God. Whether you've chose to seek him or chose to refuse him. And no matter what has taken place in your life. There is a cry. On the inside of you. That says. Will you bless me? Will you bless me? Touch your word today, God. Touch our hearts and our minds. Speak to us. Your power, your presence is here. We ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say, Lord, will you bless me? Lord bless you. You can be seated. What an unusual set of circumstances that we find ourselves in. I read these texts hundred times, maybe more, the years of reading through the Word of God, studying the subjects. And I have never realized that at the end of this process, after having gone through all of the plagues and the Bible saying, God hardening the heart of Pharaoh, which really means the Lord allowing Pharaoh's heart to do what it was that was already in it. And that is the hardness against the children of God. Pharaoh's heart being hardened. 
he sees one miracle after another. Moses comes before Pharaoh and there you have the dust being turned to lice and the locusts eating the field and the frogs from the lakes, ponds and the rivers and and the darkness upon the earth, the boils upon the skin and and all of the all of the plagues that had come into Egypt and even some into Israel until the very end when God separated the land of Goshen which is where Israel stayed separated it in the plague the outpouring of the plague from the land of Egypt seeing all of this feeling all of this and then and then finally we, we come here and now Pharaoh hears a cry through the streets. The, the mothers begin to scream and it begins to pierce his ear. He awakens, arises up out of his slumber and the maidens are running everywhere and everybody's crying and all he can hear is he's dead, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. And Pharaoh makes his way down the hallway and, and there grabs one of his servants and looks at her and sees in her eyes the fear and the despondency and the pain and, and what is gone my son, my son, my son he's dead and she breaks away from his grip finally something gets a hold of Pharaoh and he immediately dashes into the room where his eldest son is lying asleep and there he sees him upon the bed rushes to the bed but he's too late mother that child is already there she's already weeping over, over his, has her head upon his chest and tears are drumming down wells are flowing out and soon it's the only thing the ears of Pharaoh can hear as all of the families wake up in Egypt and realize that their firstborn son has died the Bible says that every home uh, in all of the land of Egypt was affected and only those who were behind the door of the Israel or maybe even those who, who heard what needed to be done and did it anyway put the blood upon the side and the top only those who hid behind the marking of the blood was their family spared and so Pharaoh now so undone makes his way back into his palace sits down upon his throne and the wise men the magicians and all those who conjured up through the pouring out of the plagues and trying to show that their gods were as powerful as Jehovah failing over and over and over they surround him but they cannot help him no doubt he grabbed the head chief magician bring my son back to life grab somebody else bring my son back to life oh we wish we could Pharaoh but this is beyond us then call for Moses get Moses in here bring Aaron back bring them here before me bring them in put them before me Moses and Aaron comes in. Pharaoh stands up, trembling under his weak legs. Life has gone out of him. All hope has fled. And he looks at Moses and Aaron. And finally, he reaches that place of brokenness, utter brokenness. And he cries out to them. And he says, I know what you've asked through all the process of the plagues. You've been wanting to go and praise and worship your God. You've been wanting to go and do sacrifice to your God. So I say to you, take your families, take your children, take your flocks, take everything. Go, leave me. Leave, get out of my sight. Leave Egypt. Take everything with you. And as Moses begins to turn, the oddest thing comes out of his mouth. And he says, wait. Hold. Wait before you go. Because you see, every other time that Pharaoh sent Moses out of his sight, he knew he would see him again. He knew the battle wasn't over because he wasn't letting them leave Egypt. But this time he was sending them away and all of a sudden, I don't know where it came from or how, it came out of a heart that was so hardened like Pharaoh. But even a pure Egyptian hardened 
hating Jehovah, hating the ways of God, even the very, even the very life that the Israelite lives were an abomination to the Egyptians. They would not eat at the same table with them. They would not do anything with them. They were an abomination to them. And even though this man that hated them so much, when he began to see the anointing walk out, when he began to see the power walk out, when he began to see the only thing that connected him to that almighty God walk out of that palace, he cried out and said, Where? Wait before you go. Please do one more thing for me. Before you leave, would you raise that staff of yours one more time? Would you point it towards me? And would you bless me before you go? Would you let this powerful God that you served, that was able to do all of these things, would you somehow let him touch me? Because I've come to a conclusion. My only hope, my only way out, my God have mercy, is if your God can touch me today. It's like, it's like Pharaoh and Moses and God, if you please. It's like they had a love-hate relationship. <laughs> I don't know what kind of game Pharaoh was playing, but he kept coming in and out of the presence of God. He kept sending Pharaoh, Moses out, said, okay, I'm gonna let y'all go. Then he would change his mind, and in would come the anointing. In would come the prophet. In would come the the power of God and it would stand before him again but this time he knew they would not be returning I wonder today how many times you have come in and out of the presence of God I wonder today how many times a preacher has got up in your face I wonder how many times the word of God has preached to you about Jehovah about Jesus Christ about needing God And you just, you just got this, you got this love-hate relationship going on. You don't want to live for him. You don't want to obey him. You don't want to follow his commandments. But you keep coming back because you like what you feel. And deep inside you know it's your only hope. But the Holy Ghost has come to tell somebody here today, one of these days, it's going to be the last time. One of these entrances, it's going to be the last time and deep side of you there is a cry to be blessed let's clap our hands to the Lord praise him for a little bit will you praise him for a moment it's like Moses says I know I'm not going to obey the commandments. I'm not going to live in the way that you instruct. <laughs> Here it is. But you, Moses, have always entreated the Lord for me. Moses, I don't know if I got these in order because I just, I just jotted them down. Moses stands by the river, smotes the water with his staff, and the water turns into blood. The fish die. They, the Egyptians have to dig wells in order to find fresh water. Everything begins to stink. I don't know how long it took. But finally, Pharaoh 
causes Moses back in. And he says, Moses, would you entreat of the Lord for me to remove this? Stay with me. But he hardens his heart. Doesn't follow the ways of God. Doesn't do the things of God. Doesn't let the children of Israel go. And so the next thing you know, the lies show up. Then the flies show up. And the curse comes upon the animals as well. Three different plagues. Every time Pharaoh calls Moses back in and says, would you entreat of the Lord? Would you remove them from me? Frogs coming. Moses comes in. Moses says to Pharaoh, when would you like me to have the frogs go away? Pharaoh says tomorrow. Morning comes. Moses goes out and treats of the Lord and the frogs are removed. But Pharaoh doesn't obey the commands. Pharaoh doesn't follow the ways of God. Pharaoh doesn't do the things that God has called him to do. And so the locusts come. And again, Moses entreats and the locusts go. So the boils come. Again, Pharaoh says, would you entreat of the Lord? Take away these boils. Moses calls on God and the boils go away. Hell comes down, crushes the crops. Would you please ask God to stop this hell from coming into my life? Moses prays and the hell stops. The sky's darkened. Would you please stop? Ask God to take away this gross darkness over and over and over and over and over and over. He feels God. He sees God. He experiences God's power, God's miracles, but he does not submit himself. He does not obey the law of God. But every time Moses would go to God and God would respond and Pharaoh would say, okay, everything all right now I wonder today how many times have you picked up your phone and called the man of God pray for me and my family pray for my sons a plague has come into our life Things are going wrong. Pastor gets on his knees. A brother or sister cries out in prayer and God moves it out of your life. But you never make a move. You're just satisfied with Moses showing up in your life. You're just satisfied with Aaron showing up in your life. You're satisfied with the prayer that goes up and halts the hand of the wrath of God in your life and in your family. And you never make a change. And you never obey. But there's something deep inside of you. And it's a cry to be blessed. You want your marriage blessed. You want your children blessed. You want your finances blessed. You want your health blessed. You want everything blessed. You want God everywhere. You want your parents saved. You want your children saved. You want your siblings saved. You want all of these things. You know about God because you've seen him work. You've seen the flies. You've seen the lice. You've seen the frogs. You've seen the hell. You've seen all of these things. You've seen the mighty miracle hand of God. And you know God is able. But somehow God cannot get you to go past simply entreating the man of God or the church to intercede for you and ask God to have mercy and to do a miracle in your life. But today I come to you to say in the Holy Ghost there needs to be a cry from your heart that says bless bless me bless me I want to go beyond religion. I want to go beyond the status quo. I want to go beyond just showing up. Just trying to go through the act. Serving God. Oh no. This might be my last chance. I may never get another shot. Moses may never come back. Aaron may never come back. Something in you has got to cry out. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. 
bless me. Clap your hands to the Lord. Give God praise. mind on the Lord. Give me a second. Let's pray. God's in this place. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's talking to you, sir. He's talking to you, ma'am. You've been playing with religion for too long. Moses has stepped into your life too many times. Every time something goes wrong, your son prays. Your mother prays. Somebody pushes the raft of God off from your life. Things get better. And because they get better, you go back to your old ways. While you're under the pressure, while you're under the strain, while your health is down, your finances are bad, your home's being repossessed, things have gone crazy, your children, your marriage are in a wreck. Oh, bring Moses, bring Moses, bring Moses. Let him pray, let him pray, let him pray. And God does something great. And you would think you would make a move. You would think you would come to him. You would think you would love him. Can I tell you, Pharaoh, the best thing you could have done was got up off your throne and went with Moses. You say, well, how is that possible? Well, the Bible says, and uh, let me find that verse, Exodus 12, 38, that when Israel went out, that a mixed multitude went up with them. It wasn't just the Israelites going out. We find out later, there were Hevites, or Hivites, however you want to pronounce it, uh, Jebusites, Malachites, all the nations that surrounded out where Israel used to be, and where they were going home again, call them backsliders. Israel was going back to the land that was promised them. And in the land that was promised them, there in that land dwelt the Hebites and the Jebusites, all the Ike brothers, a lot of Ites. And they dwelled in those lands, but something happened probably through the famine many years earlier. Their family heard that there was bread in Egypt and they made their way into Egypt and they just kind of been living there. They're not Egyptians, they're not Israelites. They're, they're just kind of sojourners. But when Israel, when they heard Israel was going back to the promised land, the Bible says they joined in with them. A mixed multitude got all up in their midst and began to make their way back to their homeland again. Can I cry out to a backslider today? Can I cry out to a lukewarmer today? As you see the church march on towards the promised land of God, why don't you just join in? Don't be satisfied with Moses praying. Don't be satisfied with Aaron praying. No, join up, join up, join up. Get back in this thing. We're going home. We're going home. We've got a promised land. God promised us we're heading to heaven. Why don't you get on board? Get back in. The mercy of God is here. Cry out. Bless me. Everybody shout that out. Bless me. Shout it out. Shout it out. Shout it out. Clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise. No matter how hard the heart of Pharaoh was, 
when it was all said and done, his last words were, bless me. Pharaoh, you need more than a blessing. How about that song they sung today? We're not asking for a blessing. We're asking for your presence. Pharaoh, you need to get up off your throne. And you need to tell everybody in Egypt that'll follow you. That we're following Moses. I don't know where that guy's going. But I'm not satisfied with just a blessing. I want the presence of God. And I know that when that man walks out, the presence of God is walking out with him. And that when Israel leaves our country, the power of God is leaving with them. He's going to be a fire by night and a pillar of a cloud by day. Every time the tabernacle moves, the cloud's going to go with it. That's where the presence of God is. It's where the power of God is. I'm not going to church just to get some little blessing. I'm going to get in this thing. I'm going to join up with it. I'm going to lock arms. I'm going to hear you, Moses. I'm going to hear you, Aaron. I'm going to follow the commands of God. I'm going to submit myself to the ways of God. I'm going to give my marriage. I'm going to give my family. I'm going to give my finances. I'm going to give my children. I'm going to give everything I have. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going where he's going. I must have his presence. I must have his would you worship him worship him with all your achievements Pharaoh you're surrounded by gold you live in a palace you have the finest art and all of the world that hangs on your walls. Your floors are made out of marble. Cut out of the slates of Persia. Oh yeah, they imported them in for you. Your chair, built out of the hardest wood of Egypt. Overlaid with the purest gold. Your staff, solid gold. Not an impurity in it. Your crown, decorated with the jewels of all manners of jewels known to man. Pharaoh, you have everything. Everything's yours, Pharaoh, in this world. Snap your finger and servants stand behind you. Give a command and watch them respond. Watch them tremble as they come into your presence because you're so powerful. They know that one word from you could take their head off in a moment. They know that you could change their life, put their family in prison. They fear you. They tremble in your presence. You have all of this, Pharaoh, yet look at you. Look at you. What are you saying? Before you leave, will you bless me? I've spent my whole life gaining all these things. I've used all my energies, my talents, and what has it really accomplished me? To be honest with you, Pharaoh says, I don't get along with 387 of my wives. They're just naggers. And, and I don't even know the children of 900 of my children. I don't even know their names. I, know. I just see the little rats running around the palace. What has all this gained me? I, what has all this gotten me? I have the finest clothes, the biggest house, the finest of everything. But yet, after meeting you, Moses, after seeing your God, after experiencing his power, even though his wrath was upon me, after seeing everything he's done, I realize that everything that surrounds me is so little. It means so little. It has so little value. And the only thing that really matters to me right now at this moment is that I am blessed by your God. Before you leave, also bless me. Bless me also. Touch me also. Oh, 
the Holy Ghost is here today. This is the point you've got to get to. This is where you've got to be with him. That no matter what you've gained, no matter what your social status is, no matter what the number in your bank account, no matter what how popular you may be, no matter what you may achieve in your life, you must reach the place that the only thing that really matters is that he blesses me. There's got to be that cry of blessing that comes out of your heart. That hunger to be touched. That hunger to be moved by the power of God. To be touched by the anointing of God. To be moved on by his powerful presence. Genesis 27, 34. I want you to know the contrast between these two and Esau. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great, with a great and exceeding bitter cry. And he saith unto his father, bless me, even me also, O oh my father. Esau had sowed his birthright for a bowl of partage. But when everything came down to it, when the rubber finally hit the road, when, when all the layers of life had been stripped away and nobody was left but him and the blesser. And he found out that the blessing that he came to receive had already been given to another Jacob who had snuck in. And we know the story. And, and through deception had stolen the blessing. But Esau, none of this would have ever happened if you would have refused on that day. I got news for you, Esau. God would not have let you die. He would have brought something to you. You would have lived all would have been okay. But you played with this experience. You didn't think it was as important as it really was to you life. The things of this world were more important. Young lady, young man, more important that you be popular in school. More important that you be looked upon as cool. Who wants to be that little outcast? Who wants to be that young man that doesn't drink or cuss or have sex? Who wants to to be that young girl who dresses righteous and holy. Oh, what an oddball. Why don't you just sell your birthright? But the day will come when you will realize that the only thing that will ever matter in your life is that he blessed. That I am blessed by him. What I say is stay with it. Hold tight. Hang in there. God's going to show you. I want all my young people 25 and under. I want you to stand on your feet right now. If you're 25 and under, I want you to throw your hands in the air. And I want you to cry out to God. Bless me. I want to hear it. Shout it. Shout it. Shout it. Clap your hands to the Lord. Everybody shout, bless me. Shout, bless me. Yeah, just throw it away, Esau. Until the day comes. That you realize that the only thing that ever really mattered was having that blessing in your life. Genesis 32 and 26. Look at the contrast. Esau sells his porch. You now find him begging before his father. Bless me also. Surely there's something left. Bless me also. And then you find the one that got the birthright. <laughs> the one hungry for the birthright. He's coming back from Laban. He's got his children, his wives, his cattle. He hears Esau's coming. He divides up his families. He makes his way across a river. The river of Jabbok. 
and there the Bible says he begins to wrestle with a man it's a theophany of God himself and verse 26 says and he said let me go the angel says let me go for the day breaketh and Jacob said I will not let thee go except thou he had it all he had his wives he had his cattle he, he was one of the richest men that lived at the time God had poured off but what mattered to him none of that mattered when it came down to it the only thing that mattered is that he was blessed that God blessed him that God touched him and that's the cry of the blessing it's gotta be in you it's gotta be in you if I lose everything if everything falls apart if everybody forsakes me if everything flees I must be blessed I must be blessed I must be blessed is there anybody hungry here today is there anyone hungry here today to be blessed music if you'll come There's something built in every one of us. A desire to be blessed. No matter how hard you get. No matter how stubborn you are. It's why you keep coming back. It's why you keep calling Moses into your presence. It's why you keep wanting to see him. All the hell in your life. Your only hope is that that anointing walks through those doors again. Your only hope is that when I dial that number, the man of God will answer. That he'll look down at the phone and see my ID caller. And that somehow God will speak to him and say, yeah, I want you to answer. I want you to answer. You know the prayer of Jabez. First Chronicles 4 and 10. And Jabez called on God of Israel saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me. Indeed. That was his first word. That thou wouldest bless me indeed. Did you know the first word that God ever said to Adam and Eve? Is he said, I bless thee. The very first words he ever said to Adam and Eve is, I bless thee. Go and multiply. Go and multiply. And God carried that blessing through time. You know what he said? So Adam and Eve, we know what happened. They fell. Next thing we know, we see, we see Noah. And God says to Noah, I bless you, Noah. And then after the flood, he blesses Shem. Then he blesses Abraham. Then he blesses Isaac. Now the word blessed is used many times in the word of God. But I'm talking about when God says, I bless thee. Then he blesses Joseph. Then he blesses Moses. Then he blesses Joshua, Ruth, David. What's he blessing? The bloodline. Every time there was a switch in dispensation, every time there was a change, every time, every time the bloodline took a hard left. You know, like when the harlot got in there. <laughs> What's her name? Rahab. Talk about a hard left in the bloodline. Welcome, welcome to the bloodline of Jesus. Like, are you kidding me? I bless thee, Rahab. Hang a thread out your window. I bless you. I bless your family. <clears throat> I bless Jesus. I bless the church. I've got so much here, but I want to close. Let's stand. <clears throat> I feel the presence of the Lord. I want to read a few scripture to you. I want you to listen. In fact, why don't you close your eyes? I, I don't want anybody looking around. I want you to listen to these scriptures. I want you to listen. Because I'm going to tell you today. I'm going to tell you today how to get into the blessings of God. And if you refuse, it's like telling Moses to go out. And he may show up again, but he may not. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 6. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth 
righteousness without works. How does man get blessed? God must put in you his righteousness. Are you following me? It's not what you do. It's not your works. It's not how good you are. God must impute his righteousness into you. Romans 4 and 7. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. Whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. How are you blessed? When God puts his righteousness in you. And when God removes iniquity from you. So there must be iniquity removed from you. And there must be righteousness put in you. In order for you to be blessed. Galatians 3 and 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying. In thee shall all nations be blessed. Now follow this. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. How? Through Jesus Christ. Through Abraham we are blessed. How? Through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. How? In heavenly places. How? In Christ. Moreover, brethren, 1 Corinthians 10 and 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all that passed through the sea were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat. Follow me. Romans 6 and 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. How are we blessed? Through Abraham, through Jesus Christ. How do we receive that blessing in Jesus Christ? By being baptized in his name. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in the newness of life for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Stay with me. Knowing this that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin remember what I told you remember what the word said how do you get the blessing by having sin removed and righteousness imputed that's scripture how's that done sin is removed through baptism in Jesus name I just read it to you don't argue with me this is the word. For he that is dead is free from sin. Dead they are being baptism. We read that in the scriptures. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in him... For in that he died, he died under sin once. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Paul said to the church of Rome, all of this is accomplished and done through baptism in the name of Jesus. Stay with me. For they that are after the flesh do mind. This is Romans 8 and 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is intimacy or enemies against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit. How do you get in the spirit? If so be that the spirit of God dwelleth in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ Christ he is none of his in 
And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of what? Righteousness. What did Paul say? In order to be blessed, sin must be taken out and righteousness must be put in. He went on to say sin is taken out by being baptized in the name of Jesus. And now he just told us righteousness is put in by being filled with the Spirit of God. It's how you get blessed. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. And you can wrap all this up. I wish you could see it on the screen. But you can wrap all this up. And Simon Peter staggered out of the upper room with the other brethren. Having been filled with the Holy Ghost in the upper room, the Bible says. And then he began to preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in verse number 37, the people were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the brethren, What shall we do? And Peter says, Repent. Here we go. And be baptized. Every one of you why for the remission of sins it's scripture Acts chapter 2 verse 38 repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins I just read it to you Paul says how is iniquity taken out of us how is sin removed out of us it's through baptism in Jesus' name. Why? Because we die with him in his death. The old man remains in. The new man comes up. Peter goes on to say, he said, he go, well, they won't be able to see it. Put Acts 2.30 up there. Acts 2.38 up there. Are y'all saved? Put Acts 2.38 up there. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized. Every one of you. Look at your neighbor and say, That's you. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For what? You can't be blessed unless your sins are removed. And you shall receive the gift of the what? And Paul told us, we just read it. How does righteousness get put in us? How is the righteousness of Christ imputed into you? By the infilling of his spirit. I read it to you. From the Bible. Peter's summing it all up here. Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You want to be blessed? You got to have iniquity taken out. And you got to have righteousness put in. It's really just that simple, Pharaoh. It really is. Because Pharaoh, if you would have got up and followed them, when you got on the other side, guess what would have happened? You would have been circumcised. Yeah, they circumcised that whole generation. All of those freeloaders, Hittites, Hevites, Megaphites, Leliites, Petites, all the Ite brothers. If they were going to stay with Israel, they had to get circumcised. I want to be blessed. I do not want to be religious. I want to be blessed. Lots of people have found religion. Pharaoh had religion. Lots of it. Oh, yeah. The world has religion. But if you're going to be blessed by him, you must repent of your sins. You must be baptized in Jesus' name. And you must be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, pastor, that's your doctrine. 
you know, I appreciate the compliment, but I did not write the Bible. It is not my doctrine. And it is not my interpretation. I'm not interpreting anything. I read to you straight from the Word of God. And His Word said, to be blessed, iniquity must be taken out. Righteousness must be imputed. And the only way that can happen is when you go down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You need to ask yourself the question why every time I say to you, be baptized in the name of Jesus, something leaps in you and you want to you wanna say to Moses, get out of my court! You want to say to Moses, get out! When you should have been saying, bless me. I want him. It's so easy. It's so simple. Don't let religion rob you of this don't let tradition rob you of this churches have become so perverted in the concept of baptism that they actually think baptism means you join their local assembly when you're baptized here we don't we're not now you're a no you're a member of the kingdom and we would love for you to stay but that don't make you a member of the local congregation. Because that's not what baptism's about. It's not an outward show of an inward confession. It is an obedience to a command. That's what baptism is. His word commands you to be baptized in his name. It never says it any other way. You say, and I know I've got you standing, but I... I'm just trying to get through some thick heads. You know, Pharaoh had a thick head. Hard heart. You say, well, what about Matthew 28, 19? What about it? It's the greatest oneness scripture on the planet. Go ye therefore in all nations, baptizing them in the name. Only one name. Of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Father's not a name, it's a title. Son is not a name, it's a title. Holy Ghost is not a name, it's a title. There's only one name, and that name is Jesus. Let me ask you another question. Who do you think he was given that commandment to? He was given that to his disciples. Simon Peter was one of them. Simon Peter stood up with the other 11 or 10 at that time disciples. Or 11, they had already gotten another one. That's right. Stood up with the other 11 and preached, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name. Don't you think at least one of them would have said something if they thought he was wrong? You know why they knew he was right? Luke 24, 47. I'm sorry, 43. Because the word of the Lord tells us in the book of Luke, that he opened their understanding that they might understand the scripture. The disciples understood all of the teachings of Jesus Christ. And they knew that when he said, go you therefore in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He meant the only name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus. Nobody in the word of God ever, 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 ever. Nobody ever in the word of God was ever baptized any other way but Jesus' name. Only man changed that. Go read your history. Encyclopedia Britannica. 300s. Council of Nicaea. Changed that baptism, overtook several meetings, but changed the baptismal formula from Jesus' name to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Man 
did that. Man took it upon themselves to discern what God meant. The only people that had the right to interpret this, the sayings of Jesus Christ was his disciples. I don't have that right. The Bible tells me the word of God is of no private interpretation. I do not have the right to interpret the New Testament. Now, Old Testament, we can give it a shot. But the words of Jesus, no. The only ones are his disciples. He opened their understandings. They understood the word. That's why they wrote the books. My job and your job is to obey it, not try to figure it out. Read it, believe it, obey it, walk in it, and live it. You say, well, I've already been baptized. I was baptized three times. Three times in the titles. Once when I was a Baptist. Once when I was a charismatic. Once when I was an assembly of God. And thank God, I stumbled into an apostolic church. Because I wanted to be blessed. It wasn't about religion to me. I wanted him. And I'm telling you, when I heard that word, my God, it clicked. This is powerful. When I was buried in the name of Jesus 30-some years ago, I've never looked back. I've never gave it a second look because when you go down in that name, you know of an assurity. Well, I can't do much more. I've done my part. Rest is up to you. We're going to play a song. We have a baptism out there. Hot water. I even sprinkled a little chlorine in it for you. It's nice and clean. It's warm. We got pretty thick blue robes. You don't, you just go in a room and change into that robe. And then the man of God is going to stand over you and going to say, <laughs> I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for all or for the remission of all of your sins in Jesus' name. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, chances are you will come out of that water being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. What's happening to you? Iniquity's coming out. Righteousness is coming in. So we're going to open these altars church if you'll come it's early it's only 110 let's come to the altar let's make our way down and if you're with us here today and you want to you'd like to just come pray we're certainly not going to make you do anything but we'd love for you to come pray with us and if you'd like to be baptized if there's something crying on the inside of you that says I want to be blessed it's not about religion to me it's not about tradition I don't care how I've done it before I've seen it today in the word of God how it's supposed to be done and I want to do it the right way I don't even know if it's necessary for me to be rebaptized in Jesus name but I know it certainly can't hurt now I know it's necessary for you to be rebaptized in Jesus name but you might not know that but it certainly can't hurt all you got to do is whisper to one of the members, I'd like to be baptized today. I'd like to be buried in the name of Jesus. I want to hear my Savior's name called over me when I go down in that water. He shed his blood for me on Calvary.
He shed every drop of blood for me on Calvary. I want to hear his name called over me. He's the one that died for me on the cross. I want to hear his name called over me. I know that when I go down in that water, I'm going down in that watery grave. My sins are being remitted. They're being washed away. I'm being cleansed of all of my iniquity. And I know that I'm going down an old man, but I'm coming up a new man. I'm going down a sinner, but I'm coming up righteous in Christ. He's going to put his righteousness in me because he's a wonderful God. Let's come and pray to our saints. Why don't you let a cry come out from you right now? I want to be blessed. Let a cry come out from you. I want to be blessed. 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 Anybody here want to be blessed? I want to be blessed. Lord, bless me. I want to be blessed. God, I don't want you just to walk in and out of my life. I want your blessings on me. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. It's not just 